Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you're listening and when you're listening. This is the Confessions of the Drummer Podcast. My name is Eric Flink. Um, I figured I'd do the first podcast by uh, introducing myself and kind of giving a little deep background, as it were, as to who I am and what I do. I'm 37 years old. Uh, I was born in Minnesota. I now live in Florida, um, and I've been playing drums for, I'd say, the better part of about 23-ish years. That number gets a little muddled because I usually go by when I first kind of picked up on drums and ran with it, which is my freshman year of high school. Um, I played here and there before that, but uh, I'm a self-taught drummer. I never took formal lessons. You know, never sat with another instructor and here's how you do your paradiddles or your Rademacues or anything like that. I just kind of picked it up by listening and watching and uh, disseminating it in my own way. So, um, I don't know that I have a favorite genre of music, but I kind of go everywhere with it. <laughs> I've played just about any type of music from you know, classic rock, the standards and all that, the blues and uh, even some country here and there, although it's not my real favorite genre to play. But, um, yeah, I, you know, (laughs) figured you'd want to know all that. Um, I'm in a band currently, Odyssey. We're based out of South Florida here. We've been together for about four years, I think it is. Um, best way to describe Odyssey would be to call it a jam band, if you want to use that term. Uh, it's more rock, blues, funk, that's kind of the three genres that we go with it, but, um, we just kind of do our own thing, we write our own music, we have, uh, quite a few originals at this point, and we do covers as well, um stuff that we think is pretty much out of the box as far as, you know, the area that we're in. Um, There's four members in the band now. Uh, We started it with three and added the fourth member uh, just last year. Uh, Matt, he's our second guitar player. He's served the music admirably. He's really come into his own with it and we're all big, one big happy family, as it were, so we will continue on. Um, the main goal of this podcast is to kind of just talk about whatever. I call it Confessions of a Drummer because that's what I am. And I don't know that I'd be really necessarily confessing anything. This isn't a, you know, deep thoughts thing, but it could be. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, I did that illegal thing years ago, no, it's not like that kind of confession, it's just talking about whatever, I'm not entirely sure if I'll do guests or anything like that, I gotta kind of feel it out and see where it goes from here, but, um, you know, if it works out, then, yeah, I'll definitely have people on and talk to them, or see what the other viewpoints are out there, I'm not expecting anybody to just listen to mine and be like, that's the end all be all far from it, do your own research, cite your sources, Um, but yeah, so I just figured, again, to introduce myself and uh, 
get people to get to know me, you know, come, you fall up across this podcast and wherever you found it, and you're wondering who this guy is, well, here I am. Um, as I said, I'm 37, I'm not necessarily married, but for all intents and purposes, uh, I call her my wife. Um, we have three kids, and the noise is never, uh, never background in our house. There's always, you know, somebody's going off at some time, and it might as well. It could be me at some, at some points too. You never know. If you're around long enough, you'll hear me <laughs> go off the deep end as well. Uh, just a, a blessing to you know, raise kids and see what that's all about and watch how it changes you as a person. Uh, it definitely has in the last bunch of years, but, uh, you, you take on a parental role and you teach, but you also learn, which I find very interesting because you see things in many different ways that you didn't before. Um, you know, not just what kids can do, but what the kids, you know, how they interact with their world, uh, it teaches you a lot about how you should, maybe you should interact with yours, things like that, it just kind of uh, pulls you into a different mindset, so, um, I kind of think I'm all over the place here, but anyway, um, I guess I could talk about favorite drummers, um, probably my favorite drummer is uh, John Fishman, from the band Fish. Um, I didn't really know about Fish until, uh, I think it was, I want to say about 15, almost 15 years ago. Uh, I had friends that listened to them, and I just remember hearing one of the live CDs at one point. It was a song called Piper. Uh, they were playing it live on, I think it was the Vegas Halloween disc from 1998, where they did the the Who album as the musical costume. I remember hearing specifically that song, Piper, and it drew me in. For whatever reason, I don't know. I can still listen to the song today, and it doesn't resonate completely the same as it did back then, but um, Fishman's always been kind of an inspiration as far as my drumming. I know he's a self-taught drummer, too, so the uh, correlation continues there, and I wouldn't say that I, I I emulate him, but I definitely hear what he plays and kind of understand it on my own level, and it all makes sense, when, which is really weird because I think of it as almost like mathematical the way he plays, but I'm not a very mathematical person. Um, I, I'm horrible with math. Uh, basic addition, yeah, I can handle it, but once you start putting you know, three-digit numbers adding into two-digit numbers, uh, you lost me, and you might as well just ask somebody else who knows. But it's interesting to me that that's what I take out of a lot of Fishman's drumming is the fact that I, I do see it as math, and it's, you know, <laughs> many people probably interpret it a lot differently, many people probably interpret that the same, but his drumming just kind of, I remember him uh, saying in an interview once, he wanted to be like wind and water at the same time. And that phrase stuck with me because it made sense in his playing and the way he 
goes about not just fills or anything, but also the uh, the quieter parts, or he brings it back, or he, he brings it down and just kind of does his own thing with it, and even the bombastic stuff, like the big, you know, big heavy fills, or, uh, you know, crazy, intricate uh, sticking, or anything like that, those are all well and good, but I actually like listening to a lot of Fishman's grooves. Uh, I think that's where I draw the most inspiration out of it, is it the grooves that he plays, because the way he um, creates space at the same time that he's filling it, uh, that dichotomy really appeals to me. So I try to take that into my own drumming and make something out of it that way. Whether or not I'm successful... It's all left to interpretation, of course. There's nights where if I'm on, I, I feel it. If it's slightly off, I'll feel that too. So, yeah. Uh, any other drummers that inspire me? Mike Portnoy has always been kind of an inspiration, uh, formerly of Dream Theater. Um, I think he's doing winery dogs now. Um, I kind of haven't kept up with it in, in a while. Uh, but he's always been an inspiration in the way he plays, he's very obviously technical, uh, plays massive drum kits, uh, uh, and the like, and I've said it throughout the years, I said, you know, I've, I've stolen a couple of licks from Portnoy in, in terms of, uh, some of the stickings that he does, uh, they make sense, and then they're probably, you know, rudimentary in nature, or you know, they follow some sort of pattern that anybody can learn from a drum instructor, but some of the stuff that he did, I've been able to apply it to my own drumming, so, um, not that I'm necessarily stealing, I tend to think of him more of his homage, or something like that. Um, I don't know if you really can steal drum licks, that doesn't make sense to me, I don't know why I said it like that, but, uh, I, maybe some people would quantify it as such, but, yeah, I don't give me that drum lick, you. I'm just going to take this now. I, I, I don't think I've ever really thought of it that way, but, um, uh, other drummers, there's, there's a bunch, you know, you've, as, as with any kind of music, you kind of pull and extrapolate from different sources, uh, that create the whole. And that's kind of what I've done over the years. Um, I, when I was in high school, I listened to punk rock. Um, I don't know that I had a favorite punk rock drummer, they were all pretty much, I think I viewed them on the same level because they all played fast. <laughs> they all had that, doo -doo 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 -doo, that, boom -ba 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 -ba. that whole thing was just crazy to me because I never knew how to play that fast. I don't even know if I still could, but all those drummers in, in that punk rock thing, the fat records crew, the epitaph crew, bad religion, face to face, uh, even blink One Eighty Two before Travis Barker came aboard, I forget the drummer's name from back then, on Cheshire, Cheshire Cat was the album that I was introduced to them on, I think that was their debut, but all those, all that music was great, it's the idealism of youth, the message was there too, you know, you listen to the lyrics and it resonates within you because you're young, dumb, and ignorant, and you want to make a change, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I grew up on punk rock for most of my formulative high school years, when I got out of high school, the musical horizons broadened quite a bit, and I grew to include classic rock, which you always hear when you're growing up as a kid, you never really 
do much with it, I guess, because it doesn't make sense to you at that point. And I started kind of getting into more of that, um, uh, metal to a point, but I, I, I wasn't much into it because it just didn't, uh, do the same for me. And I'm probably speaking now as opposed to then. Uh, if you asked me back then, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm all in, you know, let's do it. But, um, I, I, I still like punk rock music and I still listen to some of it, um, here and there. Um, it doesn't quite do the same thing, but I can, if I ever want to really kind of take a trip down memory lane, I'll go right back to that, you know, <laughs> that 1990s skate punk music and, uh, just let loose and see what happens with it, so. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of grew from that and then classic rock and then, uh, just everything. I, I've had a... I don't remember how long it went for, but I did DJ for a time, um, mixing hip hop, um, that kind of thing. I remember a lot of what I, what we were doing because as a, my buddy and I, we lived in an apartment and we had a DJ set up. We always had 12 inch wax. We just a bunch of different stuff, break beats, uh, sound effects, you know, and you had your whatever 12 inch records that you just play anyway, you know, you just want to listen to music, but I remember at one point I mixed some some hip-hop song, and I forget which one it was, with a track from Metallica's S&M album, uh, for, whom, for whom the bell tolls, and I, I managed to make a perfect transition from one record into the, uh, the Metallica, and I can't remember what the first song is, but it was always kind of like that, I was always... In, in in terms of DJing, I was trying to make something that I figured maybe not, hadn't been heard before. Something that suited my own tastes or, you know, whatever worked in that regard. <laughs> it obviously didn't last long. I don't do it anymore. Um, might be a, a, through methods of convenience, I don't have turntables or crossfader or mixer or anything like that anymore. Um, but also kind of DJing taught me a little bit about something, well, in terms of, uh, when I can relate it to drumming and doing drum fills, like that's what basically DJing is to me is you're just doing a lot of drum fills, you know, and you come to the, the last bar of a, a measure or whatever, and you do the, that's basically a drum fill, uh, in that regard, you just, you're doing it through a different, uh, medium. Uh, but the intention and results are the same. You're just leading into the, the one. Uh, so I think some of that DJing uh, stuff just kind of stuck with me, and I was able to transpose it into drumming at some point or another. But, yeah, definitely don't uh, do the DJing thing anymore. So, not that it's bad, just don't have a preference for it. Uh, I might as well talk about my kit since I am a drummer, and it's in the name of the podcast, I currently, I almost said I currently ride on a, I don't know why I would have said that, I don't drive, I don't ride motorcycles either, I have a Mapex Horizon uh, five-piece kit, I forget the finish, it's a green-black finish, something like that, if anybody's ever seen me play or seen photos of it, they'll know what I'm talking about, it's like a green-to-black fade, uh, 
Snare drum is a Mapex Birch. Uh, we built the kit around the snare, actually. The snare came first, and then we just looked into the Mapex Drum Series and found the Horizon Series. It was a decent price. And the shells are birch, too. for the So the whole kit is birch. Nice, bright sound. They work really well. Uh, you put new heads on this thing, and it's just it sings amazingly. These cymbals I use are Wuhan. Uh, all the crashes are Wuhan, I should say. There's a... I think it's a 14, 16, 18. I have to get the sizes again. I forget. Uh, small, medium, large. And then I have a K-Ride. 20-inch custom K-Ride. I've had it for years. Uh, this came with the first kit that I bought, which was a Yamaha Stage Custom. Uh, that was probably over 10 years ago. But that ride, I've never gotten rid of it. I love it. It's a perfect ride for me. And the hi-hats are... Paste... Heisty, uh, sound edge hi-hats. That means they have the dimpled bottom uh, for the hi-hats. So when you close it, the air rushes out. Gives you more of a nice click on there. Uh, so you can really sound like a metronome if you if you want to push it. Um, the kick pedal I use is a Ludwig. I don't know the model name. Um, primarily because the first Ludwig pedal that I had was what I called the Frankenstein. We actually put it... Uh, the guy worked at a drum place, and I we put it together using a bunch of different parts from various kick pedals. But it had the Ludwig uh, foot pedal. The main foot pedal was a Ludwig. And that pedal actually started to fall apart. And for Christmas one year, I ended up getting a brand spanking new one that was all the original parts of that Ludwig pedal. So, again, I don't know the model of it, if that matters. But the uh, it works really well. I love it. And I also just started recently integrating the cowbell back into the kit, so uh, insert your Christopher Walken joke here. Um, I think that'll probably do it for this first edition of Confessions of a Drummer. Don't really have much more to say at this point, but uh, if anything, send feedback. Uh, the email is confessionsofadrummer at gmail.com. We're on Twitter. Uh, I think it's under Drummer Confessions, all one word. You can find us there, and we're also on Facebook, Confessions of a Drummer. So, uh, we'll get another one going up soon, but I just felt like I should make my acquaintance known. And if you already know me, how you doing? So we'll see you again next time. Until then, 